This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Advice for making, keeping, and protecting your money. Coming up. Today on Watching Your Wealth, how do you know you can trust your financial advisor? Tired of squinting at your phone? Give your eyes a rest and let your ears take over. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Norb Vonnegut is an author, WSJ Wealth Advisor columnist, and former financial advisor. And he's here to let us know how we can trust our financial advisor. Welcome, Norb. Hi, Veronica. How are you? I'm doing good. Glad to have you. Now, Norb, you shared a story with me, and I'd love listeners to hear it, about how you saved a friend $200,000 in 30 seconds. Tell us about that story briefly, and what can we learn from it? Um, Well, I was uh, I got a call from a friend and I was all set to go on a book review uh, for one of my novels and he asked me to uh, take a look at an investment for him. I was concerned because there's no upside here. If I told him it was a good deal uh, he and he lost money, I would be a loser. And if I told him it was a bad deal and missed an opportunity, I'd be a loser, too, so mm-hmm. I agreed to help him out because mm-hmm. he's that good of a friend. Mm-hmm. So here's the net-net. Uh, his friend was pitching the deal. Uh, his, the friend was actually a neighbor. Uh, the neighbor was joined by an individual who was a former U.S. ambassador. Mm-hmm. And my friend sent me a prospectus. And the first thing I did was I saw who was promoting the deal. And I, I noticed that the fellow promoting the deal was most likely to be listed on BrokerCheck uh, because he was running a broker-dealer. And BrokerCheck so, is, a, is a website we should let folks know, um, sponsored by FINRA, which lets pe- it's for free, and people can just go on there, BrokerCheck.org, I believe, to check out their financial advisor or a broker, right? Exactly right. It's really simple. I went right to the site. I put in the neighbor's name, the guy who was pitching the deal, Mm -hmm. and I learned that about 15 years ago, the neighbor had been kicked out of the securities industry for two years for forging a colleague's name to get a loan. (sighs) And, uh, you know, that was pretty conclusive. We saw at one point that this fellow was under financial duress, and he did the exact wrong thing. So I called my friend back. I told him not to invest, Mm -hmm. and I thought that was the end of the story. But I got an email from him about a year later, Mm -hmm. and the subject said, I owe you huge. And I opened the email, clicked on a link, Mm -hmm. and discovered that his neighbor had been uh, arrested the previous day. Uh, The FBI raided the neighbor's home, let him out. And the neighbor is now spending 17 years in jail for orchestrating a Ponzi scheme, among Jeez. other investment frauds. Wow, you saved and this so, guy. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah, so my uh, mm-hmm. my friend said $200,000 because that's what his neighbor was pitching him to invest. Wow. I feel like there's so many lessons in that. One of which is, you know, go to broker check, check out the broker um, to see who you're dealing with. Also, you know, just because they're your neighbor or they're a friendly face doesn't mean you should trust what they're trying to sell you, trust or, or like the investment they're trying to give you, because it may be a front for something. It may not be legit. What else do you think are some of the takeaways, would you say? 
Um, I think there are two really simple takeaways, Monica. One is just do the background research. Make sure you investigate whoever it is giving you money advice, no matter how long you've known them. Mm. Uh, the, this, and the other bit of advice is, is simply to parse out the investment advice from the sales process. Mm. My friend wanted a second opinion. And so he ignored the pressure from his neighbor. He came to me and asked for help. And I think that's always a good idea uh, when when you are looking at an opportunity that is unfamiliar or you're deciding on a new, new advisor. Uh, just take a while. Take mm. a couple of weeks after you get a presentation to think about it. Uh, the good opportunities point. to make money aren't going away. That's ever. right. That's right. That's a really great point because you don't want to make a decision when that nice dinner that they threw you or that nice cocktail party is still fresh in your head and you you talked about that, you know, you're, you went to the same school and you feel this warm and fuzzy feeling and then the next thing you're making a decision based on your money that's based on your emotions and that's probably one of the worst things you can do as an investor. One of the things you also mentioned is the importance of checking out folks' credentials. Tell us about that. What should we be looking for in that area? Well, personally, what I think is that the uh, falsification of credentials hmm. is the best leading indicator I know of future bad behavior. So someone's saying they I, have, uh, sorry, someone's saying they have a, a doctorate degree when they really don't, for example, or? Well, it could even, it could even be an industry certification. So, for example, I have a friend who asked me to check out a financial advisor who had been referred to him by a membership organization of doctors in the Massachusetts area. And I looked at the advisor's credentials and saw that he listed uh, a CHFC certification. I think that stands for Charter Chartered Financial Consultant. Mm -hmm. uh, I called the organization. And uh, no, in fact, I uh, looked at the organization's online uh, presentation. You, you can check out, mm -hmm. you can check advisors out to see whether or not they're entitled to those certifications in many instances. And this advisor was, was not entitled to it. Wow. Uh, he was using it falsely. So I called the organization just to make sure. And sure enough, uh, his certification had lapsed. And uh, that just doesn't feel right. He had not earned at it at one time, no longer entitled to use it. Um, it's, it's an indication that somebody is playing a little fast and loose with the rules and that's why I say it's a leading indicator mm. of future bad behavior. And that's a great tip because anyone can do that. Anyone can look at the, the, the certifications on, listed on someone's resume and make that call or do that research in the professional organization. Now, I only have uh, about 30 seconds left for this, but you brought up a point is that when you're looking at to invest with a new financial advisor, ask them for a copy of their last monthly investment report. Tell us about that real quick. The journal did a fantastic article a few months ago. And basically, they found that investors uh, are likely to see their asset allocations 
driven by their financial advisors. In other words, uh, financial advisors uh, have their own philosophies about investment management, their own risk profiles, and what they do for themselves is likely to surface in what they do for their, their clients. Therefore, if you want to see what your experience might look like, ask for a copy of the financial advisor's personal uh, investment portfolio. It's an uncomfortable request, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a good telling indicator of what you might see going forward. Good point. Make sure they eat their own cooking, as they say. Great info. Thank you so much, Norm. I'm wondering, would you stick around and take our financial prowess questionnaire? Absolutely. All right, great. You stick around, too. Spend lots of time on your device? Then spend some of that time with us. WSJ Podcasts, the sound of success. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. Welcome back to Watching Your Wealth. Now it's time for author Norb Vonnegut to take our financial version of the Prowse Questionnaire. Norb, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Norb, what's the best financial advice you ever received? Oh, it's actually something that that I saw. Um, my father prepared what he called a just-in-case file for my mother. Mm. Uh, the just-in-case file was in case anything ever happened to him. Mm-hmm. It showed her what to do with our family's financial investments uh, because he took primary responsibility, and she ceded the effort uh, to him, took care of care of us. Uh, so that's. It's, it's like I said, something Great I saw. Yeah, love that. Love that. Worst financial advice? Oh, to buy bonds in March of 2009. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Fill in the bank blank. Money can buy? A trip for two to the Caribbean when it gets cold next month. Oh, that sounds so good, Norm. Money mm-hmm. can't buy? Mm. Um, unfortunately, gun control. Hmm. Interesting. Now, if you want a million dollars, what would you do with it? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I'm on the board of trustees for the American Foundation for the Blind. So hmm. I'd give a little bit of money to them. I'd probably then buy some new windows for the second floor of my house, <laughs> uh, set aside some money for, for my kids. And then finally, I think my wife and I would go to a city in Asia for a few months so I could research an idea I have for my next novel. I love it. Well, we'll look forward to that novel. Thank you so much for joining us, Norb. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Veronica. My pleasure. And this has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of the Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening.